2: The Around the NFL Podcast is
3: binge-watching Scorpion this weekend. (laughs) Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Uh, That reminds me. I did promise back in January or December that I would binge-watch Scorpion and I cannot lie to the audience or not keep a promise. The CBS program. To the audience. Wes, I mean, Greg, everyone knows what Scorpion is. It is one of the top rated hour long dramas. And the only place where you could have a commercial like this.
0: What's harder than preventing a nuclear disaster?
3: Preventing a nuclear disaster.
2: Thank you for coming. With
3: your mother. So I will. I have to find it. Is it streaming? Let me, let's look at this.
2: How have you held yourself back from you know, completing everything. this mission between the end of the Super Bowl and now? How? <laughs> uh,
3: you guys, uh, you know, talk amongst yourselves until I find out if Scorpion is streaming. The whole
2: people. show has stopped
3: for this B-level minus looks level like it's, CBS program. Uh, B-plus, probably. Maybe a B. Probably. You've all not right. even seen it. It looks like season one is on Amazon.com. Uh, I'm going to look into it <laughs> because it's time I made my promise I will be watching Scorpion uh, for all it's Glory. Um, how you doing guys?
2: Yeah, we're just picking up the pieces from what just happened. I don't know what I once tried to explain the
4: whole scorpion bit to my to my wife mm, when good the, luck the with commercial that. came out. Yeah, it was a little hard to
3: really get into. Uh we had lunch today with the gold standard. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sid behind the glass, does this make you a little nervous or upset at all just to even
2: hear me make that statement?
1: Uh listen, he came in and he was just the friendliest dude I've ever met. So
2: <laughs> That is true. I, the t- uh, new money and gold standard would get along Fantastic. very well long-term. <laughs> gold standard for the 90% of the people. Right. I'm
4: not sure. Our, our former great producer out there.
3: Yeah, a great producer and a great man who's uh is doing it in the world, Uh, has spent some time in England. Now he's back in the U.S. So we had a nice uh, lunch with the gold standard. Always good to see him. This is the... Thursday edition of the Around the NFL podcast, sponsored, as always, by Mr. Flame's economics class in The Hague, the Netherlands.
0: Mr. F.
3: Good show today, gentlemen. Uh, we are going to talk QB Carousel. Mark Sessler wrote a banger because, you know, I don't know if anybody's noticed, Last few shows, we you know talked a little bit about Wes's some of his Wes's stuff, talked some of Greg's stuff, and you know Mark. Mark was over there probably thinking to himself, "When do I get my stuff talked about on the podcast?" Today, my <laughs> friend. Today <laughs> we'll talk about your banger.
2: And the true shame is it's not even that original uh, of a departure from what we talked about on the last show when we talked about where Roma would land up. I just expended it. I just took it out to other quarterbacks. So. Beautiful
3: sell, Mark. As well, always, it's
2: February twenty something.
3: Of your of your. This work. one
2: involves
5: Kirk Cousins and some other guys.
2: All of them.
3: Good. So we'll go through uh, the carousel. Also, we will be uh, opening up the mailbag. We love to open up the mailbag because that allows us to connect with our listeners all over. Brings uh, back
5: bad memories for Terra me. Terra
3: Firma. Yes, it does. Wes, a former U.S. postal worker. And that might come up. Well, that, that's, mm. that's, that's, that's called the tease in the business. Wow. He worked
2: for the U.S. mails. <laughs> that's what they used to is call it. Like a stri- no, is that that's like a strip club that's associated with the Postal Service? No, they used, no, the
5: they used to call it the U.S. Mails back in the old day. Nobody at the Covington, Kentucky Post Office called it the U.S. Mails. Is Nor that- did my father, who worked well, there I- for 42 years. That is that is like what- a
3: subgrade Chippendales, the U.S. Mails? <laughs>
5: I- apparently. That is what, uh- Nobody wants to see a mailman naked.
4: <laughs> Just don't Google that, whatever you do. Not where I was going with Under that, but
3: no circumstances, good luck in, in this Google room. Uh, and also, of course, we'll go through what's going on in the news, and uh, before we do that, we will uh, formally uh, say hello to the first lady over here on the NFL podcast. She is New Money. Hey guys, what's up?
1: <laughs> oh, not much. You know, I'm just chilling back here, having a great time. Same old, same old. I
3: you played the Sleeping Beauty drop, and um, listen, I, I I didn't. It wasn't familiar to me. I still want to. I want to play like a more famous Disney jingle when we introduce La Cid. But we need to get a shadowy league figure on our side about this.
1: We do. Um, I'm not sure which one to approach.
3: I think I know who the person is. So we're we're gonna work on that because I think you need a a, a more recognizable Disney jingle when we introduce you. All right. You deserve it. All right, gentlemen. So that's today's show. Let's do some news.
0: Why are you smiling? Because I love football.
3: Football's fun. Fun, sir. Let's start in Minnesota where Teddy Bridgewater uh, suffered that catastrophic knee injury uh, last summer. One of the strangest injuries in all my years uh, following football – he planted his leg in a, in a practice, and the knee just went, uh, a major injury. And the the hope at the time was that he'd be ready for this upcoming season after missing the 2016 season, which of course led to the Vikings trading for Sam Bradford. But it still sounds like he is far from out of the woods, Teddy Bridgewater. On Thursday, general manager Rick Spielman declined to say with 100% certainty that Bridgewater will ever play again. Uh, According to USA Today's Tom Pelissero, Spielman said everybody's hoping. Uh, The GM added that Bridgewater is still not doing any football activities. Uh, 24 years old. He dislocated the knee and tore his ACL in a practice last September. Um, A sad story, Mark Sessler, and you hope you see him again. But uh, as far as the Vikings are concerned, Again, the trade for Sam Bradford is looking even better now because there's a very good chance he's going to be your quarterback in 2017 as well, it seems.
2: Yeah, when the trade for Bradford went down, I remember being in the office that day, and it was a weekend day, and there were not a lot of people around. And my initial thought was, well, this probably to Mike Zimmer, A, you don't have a lot of years to prove that you're the guy for the job, and you you have a good team here, and we thought that Vikings team coming off a playoff appearance could go right back again, that it was a move that said we're not giving up on the season we're going to get the best quarterback available it's not the best quarterback in the league but it's Sam Bradford but now it does look like a truly smart ploy on their part because they maybe they knew at that point maybe not to the degree they they do they must have known that there's no reason to believe that Teddy Bridgewater was going to come back a late season obviously but maybe even not for the beginning of next season and now it looks like we don't know what the future well I,
4: I think they just don't have any idea and I think they knew when the injury happened that this could be a multi-year process, and we just don't know. Mike Florio, uh, my old boss at, at PFT, who's usually pretty tied in with the Vikings, it, he said even the speculation saying likely, not likely, is almost off base because it's not like Teddy Bridgewater's doctors know where he's going to be at. He's still relatively early in this process, which says which says a lot. You don't have football injuries, Like this, where six, seven months after it, you're still early in the process.
5: When it happened, it was described as a torn ACL, dislocated knee, and other structural damage. Yeah. The way it was described, I thought immediately this is probably worse than Marcus Lattimore, worse than Willis McGahee, and immediately people were saying he might not ever play football again.
2: And on top of it, so much changes with any football team over two seasons that if he gets healthy, there's no guarantee that when he comes back, (laughs) he's the starter for this team on any level. Well,
4: right. I mean, Sam Bradford could either be great this year and lead them to the playoffs, or they could be 6-10 and ten and have a different person picking players. A lot of people think this is kind of a boom-or-bust, do-or-die year for Rick Spielman, their general manager who's been there for a long time.
3: Uh, moving on to other quarterback talk in the NFC North. Soon-to-be former NFC North quarterback Jay Cutler uh, is currently uh, a Chicago Bear, but there is the strong belief that he will either be traded or released uh, in the coming weeks. And NFL Media Insider... Ian Rappaport reported on Wednesday's edition of NFL Total Access on NFL Network uh, that Cutler is still considering whether he even wants to play uh, or retire and just walk away, uh, age 34. Of course, Chris Wessling, who you wrote the piece up on NFL.com, uh, this seems like a very transparent move by Cutler to torpedo whatever trade value he has, which can't be much, and get him to free agency where he could maybe pick mm. his own team. Uh, is that how you're reading it as well?
5: I That never occurred to me, honestly. This happened on Total Access yesterday, a little peek behind the curtain. Peek it. Credit to Dan Helley, who, who immediately stopped Ian Rappaport and said you're burying the lead because this was way down on the list of items about Jay Cutler that Ian Rappaport had and I texted Ian because I the way he brought it up I I thought Ian didn't want it to be written about it it was kind of a minor thing but he said this is just the fact of reality in the NFL now in the modern NFL where these guys make that much money you get to your mid-30s and you're taking everything as year to year you're evaluating whether your situation is what you want if you're Jay Cutler and you get very little guaranteed money, you have to compete for a starting job in a team that's going nowhere, is that going to keep you from retirement mm. when you've already made $100 million? I, I don't know. Like,
4: What's his motivation? I think the the real story, maybe we're burying the lead a little bit here, is uh, the headline on the end around today, an ode <laughs> to Jay Cutler. And what I'm really seeing as the big story is Dan Hansis starting – to uh, convince himself, talk himself, talk into, himself into that maybe Jay Cutler is a good option for the Jets. Here's uh, the start of his third paragraph from Dan. I've always strangely admired Cutler's brand of <laughs> don't funny. give a, let's just call it DJF. He never seemed particularly interested. You're, you're getting in on Jay Cutler. I
3: kind of like Jay Cutler. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying that – and this is kind of like the Wes Gregg beat because you guys always fight about Jay Cutler. But I've always found him to be an entertaining character. Uh, oh, he's a character. Back in 2012, I wrote. A, I looked it up when I was writing that column, which you should check out at NFL.com slash endaround, um, that I wrote that he was the NFL's greatest villain because there was a time where he could actually really play And he, you know, his attitude and the way he kind of would, you know, uh, mess with Mike Tice on the sideline and just not care about anything and still perform. I don't think he can really perform. And it's very important to note that he's coming off a torn labrum and his arm is his best characteristic. So if if he doesn't have a strong arm, I don't want anything to do with Jay Cutler. But in a rebuilding year for the Jets where they really just need somebody to play quarterback. I, if I can have a, a year, a year of fun with Jay Cutler, where he makes some plays or he's a total disaster, and the Jets are behind the scenes st- doing the right things to build for the future, they, i need somebody to play. Do it. Would I rather have Jay Cutler or Josh McCown or Brian Hoyer? Give me Cutler. Let's have some well, fun and you, here.
2: And you, you, you may get your wish because it sounds like the of all the teams out, so the Jets. Are the one a they uh, they desperately need something at quarterback. They just need something. They have interest, and if that you have the right attitude, if you're looking at Jake Cutler and you're trying to tell your friends and neighbors, hey, this guy's going to push the Jets over the top. Look out, New England Patriots. That is going to be a disastrous. <laughs> Uh, My eyes are you. open no, exactly the Jay
3: Cutler situation. I, I yes.
2: think they're more open than they were with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I would think he's an upgrade over Ryan Fitzpatrick, frankly. I think the Jets are really the only team that makes sense because he has burned so many bridges,
5: not just with teammates, but with coach, former coaches, and the new Jets quarterback's coach is Jeremy Bates, who had him in Denver and Chicago as quarterback's coach. And by all accounts, the two of them
4: get along great, and Bates is a big Cutler fan. I, th- I think you, there's a couple places – it all depends, you know. We'll talk the carousel later, uh, but just specifically for Cutler, you know, Kyle Shanahan, if if he if he can't find what he wants in free agency or something, could he go with Cutler in a rookie? His dad drafted. Wait, cut, right? His dad drafted Cutler. Is this Cutler? probably
3: into Mark's free agent carousel? Well, the it's situation? the Cutler part. You don't want to step on Mark. Okay, let's on wait this. for the carousel. Don't you think
5: Kyle Shanahan is trying to institute a culture in San Francisco? The last guy you
4: want instituting a culture is Jay Cutler. You you made fun of me for. Throwing out the possibility just that Foles would, would have a chance. I'm not stumping for who Foles? made fun of you, Wested. Oh. And I, I, that's, I not, that's you framing the question. I I really, I didn't, my point is, I really think Cutler will I hated Cutler that will, you put the energy out there that right. the Foles could be a starting quarterback. I really think Cutler will be starting. So I do one too. of the one of these these carousel spots is going to stop, and Cutler's getting put it on. this way.
3: Uh, Josh McCown, we wrote about this on uh, ATN today. Uh, told um, a reporter recently that four or five teams are courting him. So many teams are, courting and nobody courting wants Romo. Josh McCown. It. That he, so many teams are courting him. He can't even keep count. Well, Jay Cutler is going to have a market as well. There
2: is one big difference between McCown and Cutler, and it is how they are viewed within the within their own locker room. I think McCown has been a pristine teammate. He may be done on the field very soon, but. People want McCown around for more than just his playing ability. Cutler's going to have to probably convince teams other than the Jets that he still wants to play football. There's I well, he would have to there. convince the Jets too. Let's well, give him a the little Jets bit of credit. may say, "Listen, we don't need." <laughs> There's to a have- little bit of credit. The Jets could say, "We'll have that conversation later." <laughs> do you just want come me on, on your and- corner? Huh? Because if the Jets don't even <laughs> want to want to play, I'll I'd, probably be well, on the corner. he's also go five play.
4: years younger and and has started 130 games if at an average level. If
2: he if he thinks that Jay Cutler, what do you say? I don't want him in or whatever. to be his disaster. You yeah. love Cutler. You've always loved I've him.
4: always held out hope he could turn it around. At this point, you know, it's looking pretty dim. Early it's, 30s, why not now? We need Bruce Arians to save him next year. Uh, moving
3: on, a little bit of tackle talk. Tackle talk. Russell Okung is not going to be on the Denver Broncos next season. The team declined to pick up his option. Uh, that initial deal that he... Um, framed himself with uh, the Broncos because he was his own agent, Uh, turned out to be essentially a one-year, $5 million deal with an option for a four-year, $48 million agreement. This is the case against being your own agent, by the way, because nobody would really agree to that uh, if you had a a functional agent on your side. Uh, So now uh, Russell Okung is going to be on the marketing. And, Greg, what are your thoughts on this, and where does he fit in into the big old top 99? Well,
4: we just finished our top 99 Free agents. Okung, we're not sure about because we got to add him to the mix, but he'll be in there in the middle. The tackle group is terrible. I could see him returning to Seattle. He'd be in my top five tackles available. I mean, he played last two years healthy enough, not particularly well, but he's a starting left tackle in the NFL, which means he'll get paid by someone. I don't get this. I, I, it seems to me
5: like writers are in bed with agents when everybody's waiting to pounce on Russell Okung. He's not the first player to be cut after one year. Whether he signed his own contract or an agent helped him, this happens to
4: players all the time. But you can usually. Lost the money though. At his age, you can usually probably get some guarantees into the second year. He Depends. made eight, he it. He wasn't at the top of his game. He right. was signed
3: to be the starting left tackle, the defending Super Bowl champion, and he made eight million dollars on one year. That's not good money. Pretty good. For, eight million dollars for what the leverage he had going into the free agency. I don't. I don't, I don't think, he, think he signed a good deal.
2: I don't it, know if he had a ton of leverage. He was an injury-prone guy. And that Denver line is so depleted at this point. I would. I'd. Put a sandwich right now that they draft at least three offensive linemen because what's out there in free agency? There's good guards out there, but if you're looking for tackles, it's not a great free agency class. Three or
3: more. How many draft picks do they have? I might take you up on this.
2: Let's take me up. I mean, you know what? We've been betting sandwiches all season. Nobody's paid up, so I'm going to just keep (laughs) betting them. I don't care at this point.
3: You actually make a good point because the game loses all value if we're not paying off the sandwiches. I think it doesn't. I like it's time to pay up. It begins now. We have to start, and that's bad news for you. Maybe you shouldn't have brought it up, Mark.
2: I like Daniel. Why and the is it bad news for role? me?
3: Because you lose the most sandwiches. Who
2: picked over? Usually. Who picked Super Bowl going into overtime? Was it you? Was it Wes or Greg? Was it New Money? It I'm, certainly wasn't New Money. I'm obviously we know wasn't right was Standings? Huh? Definitely <laughs> wasn't Wes. Wes wasn't, wasn't even there.
3: <laughs> I wasn't there. Uh, West was there. Uh, Wes was undefeated in his uh, Super Bowl predictions on our Thursday True. podcast before the big game. Uh, other uh, offensive tackle news. Jason Peters will stay with the Eagles in 2017. Uh, Ian Rappaport reported Thursday that despite speculation the Eagles could move on, he'll be back with the team. He's set to m- make nine and a half base salary, and his workout bonuses bumped that number to close to $11 million. Uh, 35 years old. Used to be, you know, in, in any conversation of the top uh, blindside guys in the league, but time and injuries have taken a toll, but not enough for the Eagles to divorce themselves Guys, it's, a, it's a, just a quick show of what Mark just said. There aren't tackles
4: available on in free agency. It's supposed to be a bad tackle class in the draft, according to uh, Daniel Jeremiah and move the Sticks. So it, this all like they asked Jason Peters to take a pay cut and he was like, no. And then they just kept him. So that nice job. By, and by the oh, way, well. d-
3: just one thing, DJ, move the sticks. Heard about some shade being thrown our way on your show. You're punching up. Well, Punching what, up at the big leagues. In what context? What was the shade? I just called this the Toaster Podcast. I think was the exact word. <laughs> the Toaster. Yeah, Pretty funny. You're coming out. You're coming at the big chairs. Just you know, pipe down a little bit.
2: I, I would just say, if you're the Eagles. <laughs> Wait, was that me or was that the announcer? I have no idea. At this no, point. That's, let me that's let me go announced. full Francesa.
3: Hey, Danny. Uh, why don't you go get the ratings book and 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 tell us uh, what you think about the Toaster Show? All right. Go ahead.
2: I don't even remember what my point... I think it's this. I mean, you've got Carson Wentz, and we can say that Jason Peters is declining. He was still, if you would care about what PFF says, uh, I think it was the eighth-rated tackle last year, mm. and you can't go replace that position necessarily no. if you let him go. It's the wrong time to suddenly have a major issue at left tackle.
3: Anything else, guys? On Sit the on that. That's it for Tackle Talk. Finally.
0: Trope alert. Trope alert. Trope alert. Trope
3: alert. The offseason pool party continues. Uh, One of uh, the more popular tropes of the offseason, Player X making strides in rehab program. Uh, This time we have Eddie Lacy who posted video on his Twitter feed uh, uh, running in a pool at the University of Alabama, his uh, alma mater. Uh, That is one of the great tropes. This is about a month after we saw David Johnson recovering from a knee injury jump out of a pool uh, Eddie Lacy recovering from uh, ankle surgery that wiped out his 2016 season after about six or seven games. So Eddie Lacy on his way back and also um, back on the fitness, on a fitness kick. and You know, conditioning has been an issue with Lacy. Uh, last year it was P90X with Tony Horton, which Mark, I know you followed very closely. Uh, yeah, I admire him for it. But Lacy apparently has dropped Norton in favor of a man or woman? Autumn Calabresi.
2: It is a woman. Well, but why, know, how know many men are named or Autumn? By the way, <laughs>
3: I don't know. Like, why would Autumn have to be a woman's name? That's my guess. I've never heard of a man se- named Autumn.
2: It seems certainly like a. Are we overdue
3: name? for a man named
2: Autumn? What's wrong with Autumn I, being a male? That's name? a
3: different conversation, oh. maybe. So there you go, Autumn Calabresi. Well, by the way, with, uh, Eddie Lace.
2: They, well, they all work for the same company, so it's—I don't think it's dropping Tony Horton, but
3: oh, she's with the PX90. They're group all too? with the
2: Beachbody group. But Connor Orr, that <laughs> she does a program called Twenty One Day Fix, and Connor Orr did it before he had his wedding, which was last year at some point, right? And shed like I think it's something like twenty pounds. Wow! And I'm doing it currently, and it it is fantastic. You love it. Autumn Calabrese is a great teacher. I can see why Eddie Lacy I, – I understand he's the butt of jokes because it's, oh, football player wants to work out and get better in the off offseason. Let's three. start t- taking the guy to town. But, I mean, I think he's trying.
3: I like that you even you even know the, the sub-corpo group that P90X yeah. and Very Autumn in. Calabrese is yeah. a part of.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Very plugged in. Calabrates. It's true.
4: We, we've heard
3: a lot about
2: this
4: program. I mean, well, it's, I think you've talked about the program as much as you've done the very program. very into
2: it. Listen, you know what? I mean, I, th- I think Connor and I, are, we're on this, we're on this uh, track, and we're not going to give up. How many days in are you? Twelve days. Are you ready to hit the beach? I don't know. I don't typically hit the beach in general, but I mean, why not? I'll be, I will be soon.
3: Um, all right. Talk to so me in nine days. Let's track. Can you do a pod shirtless at the end of the 21 days?
2: That would help absolutely no one in this room or outside. If you have a beach body, let's is that the name of the covered. program? Is that the name? Isn't it beach body? that's the like the corporate? That's the corporate name. Yes, <laughs> I don't think I'm twelve days. I'm not nine days away from what they're claiming you could get to. Quite <laughs> okay. a bit away from that.
3: Okay. Well, you look good. You look real good. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> that's what's happening in the news. <laughs> All right, so it's time, everybody, uh, to hop aboard. It's a little rusty. Watch out for the tetanus. The QB carousel. All right. So, Mark Sessler wrote a banger. Um, And as Mark puts it in the lead of his post, off-seasons are shaped by quarterback movement. And this season will be a very interesting off-season because there are so many, uh, you know, name brands, I'll call them, you're not necessarily stars, but names that are recognizable. Uh, players like Tony Romo, Kirk Cousins, Tyrod Taylor, Jimmy Garoppolo, those type of names. So what the carousel aims to do, Mark Sessler, is what?
2: Well, I wrote it as if you get off the carousel, then you're you can't go to three different teams. If you get off the carousel and you land in San Francisco, we're not going to project someone else to San Francisco. Is it so kind of a
3: domino game? A
2: little bit of a domino type yeah. thing, but there's some also some bizarre non-attached dominoes at the bottom, so that didn't quite fit. So I went with the carousel. Did
3: you did you ever think maybe instead of carousel, go with the QB domino effect?
2: Yeah, but like again, some of the some of the characters at the end are not attached to anything of meaning. They're just They're, dominoes. Just, laying yeah, it's on the like floor it would have been like if you had the discarded. dominoes; it wouldn't have been knocked down. So, got gotcha. you. All right, thought about it, went against it. All
3: right, very good. So, Mark's piece breaks it into subdivisions, uh, and the first division is headliners and Kirk Cousins. I, I I think Wes might be on the same page as me on this. I still struggle to imagine Kirk Cousins being anywhere but Washington. But there continues to be people who believe he will be playing elsewhere. And, Mark, you're one of them because when uh, Kirk Cousins steps off that carousel, it will be in Santa Clara, California, the home of the 49ers. Whoa! Yeah.
2: yeah, I do. I just think that the kind of the heat around this is growing. And I think we'll know – you know, initially this was supposed to come out next week during the Combine. And I thought we got to get this thing up sooner because it's going to be complete. This will be completely irrelevant by then as the whispers and things start picking up. And I think a lot could happen at the combine around whether, if the 49ers are serious about Cousins, we'll know a lot more a week from now than we do today. What kind of heat are we talking about? What are we hearing? They they look to trade for him. the, The Redskins would franchise him. And We're, then they can organize a trade. And it's not just us. It's, you know, that you're not going to like this at all. But Daniel Jeremiah. Well, that's, that's is, where this is, all started. This, yeah, Daniel that's Jeremiah the heat that. And he's not coming up out of thin air. He's talking to people and he's hearing
4: this. Well, well. He's, he said he would not be shocked if the Redskins and 49ers did a trade. And he's, he thinks there's a better than 50% chance Cousins isn't a Redskin in 2017. I, I think logically that seems 2018. Right? he He's saying this year there's a better than 50% chance. That's, wow. That seems year. aggressive because I don't think the red. we talked about it the last show. I don't think the Redskins coach, Jay Gruden, wants to get rid of him. And I don't think necessarily Bruce Allen is going to be confident enough to put his job on the line to get rid of Kirk Cousins and replace him with what exactly? I don't know. You better have an answer. It better be Jimmy Garoppolo. It, you know, it, it better not be Jay Cutler. You know what I mean? It, it It's – tough to get rid of a guy and and I don't see them wanting to help Kyle Shanahan out but maybe the 49ers truly would give up a godfather offer that's what this is all this is to me this is all just leverage trying to build up their his trade value
5: I can't see a team like the 49ers with so many needs trading the number 2 pick for Kirk Cousins I just they have too many needs I don't see them I could see Kyle Shanahan being patient and understanding that the Redskins can't tag Kirk Cousins again next year. It would be $34 million. He's Kirk Cousins would be free to work, go wherever he wanted to go in 2018. I could just see Kyle Shanahan approaching this with a lot of patience, as he said last week.
2: All I would ask is if you're Kyle Shanahan and you can get Kirk Cousins a quarterback that you know well for the number two pick, I know that sounds crazy at this time of year. What is a greater need than quarterback? I think I would look to Kyle Shanahan's history. He has... The quarterbacks who have reached their
5: ceilings under Kyle Shanahan are Matt Schaub in Houston, Brian Hoyer in Cleveland, RG3 in Washington, Matt Ryan in Atlanta, Whoever he plays at quarterback is going to reach his ceiling, in my opinion. I don't think he needs to give up the number two pick for Kirk Cousins. Well, he he loves Kirk Cousins, by all accounts. Right, but he also loves a lot of quarterbacks because he's a great
2: quarterback coach. There is a lot out there that Kirk Cousins wants nothing to do with the Redskins, doesn't want to be in Washington, and and the Redskins, I think, have totally botched this. If the coach loves him so much and the coach wants him around for long term, then they couldn't have handled this anymore with with any less. Well, of they could a plan. have signed him
4: to a deal last year that would have saved them money ultimately if they if they had had the foresight to do. I think so. it speaks
2: to some dysfunction in the Redskins organization. Number I, one,
4: I I think that's true, but I I don't if if Shanahan truly loved Cousins and they could get it done for the number two pick, why not? That's what I, I mean, saying. look at the number two picks over the last. X amount of yards How many of them are worth more than a franchise quarterback? Almost none of them. I mean, you, you have a 50% chance whether that guy's even going to be a great starter. But you don't even believe Kirk Cousins is that good. I don't. But,
2: Kyle, but I don't think but Kyle well, Shanahan
5: well,
4: does either. Yeah. I, don't think Kyle Shan-
5: I don't think Kyle Shanahan thinks that Kirk Cousins he tried to trade is like Kirk a top six NFL quarterback. He tried to trade for him in Cleveland. For a
2: fourth-round pick, not the number two well, overall that was, pick. Well, that was a different time, and Kirk Cousins was seen as and a And I hear you, but then. I
5: don't think that Kirk Cousins is seen by even the Shanahans who love him as one of the top ten talents at the position he, in the NFL. I, and I
4: wonder where all this is coming from. I, I want this to happen. Because if Cousins goes, then it all gets a little crazy. Because then yes, Washington is in the mix, and it's like washington to And if it doesn't do go, something. this
2: entire article needs just to be deleted because it all falls down from speaking,
3: here. Speaking of Washington and dysfunction, does anybody find it a little weird that a team employee, essentially on a team-owned radio station, came out and threw out the accusation or possibility that their GM is drinking again, Scott McLuhan, who has is, um, had issues in the past. That a yes. team, team employee is saying that, and then the Redskins decline comment on the whole situation. That's You want to talk dysfunction. What is going on behind the scenes in D.C.? And no
2: one's heard from Scott McLuhan in, in weeks and weeks and weeks, but I think that's an incredible accusation just to throw out there.
4: Jerry Brewer wrote this column that I sent to you guys about what's going on behind the scenes in Washington, and it just seems like the same old story, that there's always this – Backbite, this fighting going on. And right now it seems to be a little bit of a power struggle between Bruce Allen and McLuhan and Jay Gruden and Cousins is wrapped up in all this. And who knows? I, I would just say read the article. It's very,
3: very interesting. Uh, moving on, Mark. Now you have Jimmy Garoppolo uh, stepping off uh, the carousel, as it were, and joining the Browns. I w- and we've talked about that, but I'm just curious how disappointed on a 1 to 10 Factory of Sadness scale would you be if the Browns came out of this off offseason without Garoppolo? Do you think he's a must-have here?
2: I don't think he's a must-have. I think that if the if the, if Hugh Jackson would want him that much and they don't get him, that's very disappointing. If if they are content to go somewhere else without mortgaging, you know, a big part of their draft, and that includes getting a quarterback, uh, and, and that would remove essentially RG three from the picture, I'd be all right with that personally as a, okay. as a Browns fan. Let's
3: work under the assumption. That Hugh Jackson likes Jimmy. I think he does. Pounding like the table. Well, maybe he is. Maybe he's not. he likes him. One to ten. How disappointed will you be if he's not the Browns' quarterback week one?
2: I like. I. I'm at this point. I really, <laughs> truly. I keep saying this. I don't feel much anymore. So.
3: Okay, one to ten. Where would you be?
2: Six. Okay.
5: I think you'd be eight. I think my main takeaway from this article from this entire exercise is that Mark wants Jimmy Garoppolo on the Browns. <laughs> sure <laughs> I sure I do but
2: that's 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 not necessarily I think that's harder to pull off than people realize. I
5: think I think the Bears are in love with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think the Browns are probably in love with Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think Kyle Shanahan would love to get his hands on Jimmy Garoppolo. So I think those are the three teams, and you're going to have a lot of competition. But the I, Browns I, make as much sense as any I of them. I think
3: the Browns make so much sense, and and I think a lot of people, and we'll see how it really shapes out, but I think the Browns really whiffed on Carson Wentz. And this would be a good way to kind of – bury that sin if you can pull off a trade that doesn't, uh, you know, destroy your future, which I don't think it would because they have so much depth in the, in this draft class in terms of um, ability to trade away picks and still be okay. Uh, go and get them. Take a shot. If you like them, go and get them. Don't let another guy get away. Right. I mean, first-round picks – I- I'm almost at the
4: point I think first, first round picks, I know the contract's great, but it almost gets a little overrated before you know who the player is. Then you find out who the player is and you watch him for you know, and it's 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 some it's, turns into Cam Irving half the time.
2: Yeah, it's a defensive tackle. It's a it's a tight end that never materializes. I mean, I would rather go with the known product at quarterback, not every other player. Well in Garoppolo the one thing that I'm not buying. Is I you know there's
4: these reports the Patriots have to be bowled over and they're happy to keep Garoppolo. They and I and I get that on some level, but if two or three teams are really in on him, there's no there's never going to be a better time. So and I think high. and I think he gets traded. I would be surprised if he doesn't get traded.
3: All right, you have Tony Romo going to the Bears, and uh, again a lot of logic there. Bears are looking to move on and upgrade from Jay Cutler, uh, but you know the Bears. I guess the counter to this. Um, West would be that the Bears uh, are a team that's kind of a few years away. And Tony Romo is one hit away from his career being over. Uh, maybe the, I don't agree with the match on that on those grounds that they're not contenders.
5: I could much more easily see Tony Romo in Chicago than Tony Romo in Buffalo. But isn't it kind of the same thing? I think the Bears are in better shape than, than the rest of the football world thinks they're in. Especially if they keep Alshon Jeffrey. I think they've got a nucleus. They've got a young second-year running back who was second in the league in rushing. Their offensive line performed better than just about any team connected to Tony Romo on his landing spots list. They really protected Matt Barkley well down the stretch last year, and I think they've got an intriguing front seven on defense. But they've won They won three games, it should be pointed out. I'm, I'm talking about but the Tony talent
4: Ro- on their roster, which is better than the Bills roster, I think. Right, that's from a, a smart analyst perspective. Is, like, Tony Romo really... Diving through and figuring out the total differences between, like, and think seeing all that in his mind that the Bears have that much potential when they're a three-win team. Shouldn't he? I I mean, mean, who who should be more invested in what? But here's the thing: no one knows anything. Like, all we know is that they haven't had a winning team in many years.
5: We know he's got a connection to their general manager. We know that that he played college in that area, so that might appeal to him.
3: How many years does Tony Romo have left? Zero to two. Is that are the Bears the team to go there when your window is that small? I that's the, I think it, to me that's what it comes down to.
5: I think the Bears can compete next
4: year with a quarterback. Hmm,
1: interesting.
3: Th-
4: there is there is a lot of connections with Tony Romo. There played football with the GM. You know, there if they don't bring back Alshon Jeffrey, you know, if you're a quarterback, I would think that your weapons would be you know one of the things you're certainly concerned about they might have the very worst wide receiver group in the entire NFL
2: what about if right? you tell Alshon Jeffrey it's, can't, it's we're Kevin White Tony and Cameron, Cameron Meredith yeah, that,
4: are your top 2
2: that works
5: both ways if you do keep Alshon Jeffrey and Kevin White is who they thought they were drafting finally they could be a much better wide receiving core than people think Cameron Meredith played pretty well down the stretch
3: uh Mark, is there anything anybody else on this list that you would like to uh, talk about before we move on well, you got RJ three. There's RG3 a lot. We can go through them all. We got okay, Greg. Go ahead. Take over. Greg, <laughs> the say, Let's
5: do you it. Oh, I agree with Josh McCown to the Cowboys. I think lock that in.
2: Yeah, I think that was almost going to happen last year. He's from Texas. He probably is thinking post career. He's definitely a family guy. That's going to move back to Texas, and I think he would fit with Dak Prescott. And they're probably going to keep Kellen Moore too. I think that's a fit. I know he's. I know Dan. You mentioned he's got. A multiple teams coming after him, but that might <laughs> he be can't the even one. keep track. Right,
3: <laughs> a perfect backup, but durability issues and all that. But yeah, that you know they have a young starting quarterback in place. That makes sense. Brian Hoyer to the Patriots is. I f- I feel like Hoyer, in my opinion, probably thinks to himself, I can go somewhere and compete for a starting job because that's what it always seems to happen with Brian Hoyer, which is not happening uh, with New England, especially uh, if they I- trade Garoppolo and and they like they like Jake. I mean, they, you know,
5: I think Hoyer can go somewhere where he can compete. The, uh, I did that as...
2: Ooh, slides me off a piece of that Jake Briskin.
4: <laughs> you have Tyrod staying with, with the Bills. It's it's all fascinating, and you have the Redskins rebuilding from scratch because if the Redskins really did get in the mix, like the Redskins could very well be in the mix. The Buffalo... The Bills could very well be in the mix. Tyrod could very well be out there. There's so many X factors uh, to this. Like Our, our hit on Friday's uh, edition of Up to the Minute Live, which everyone... Should watch, four o'clock, Eastern, one o'clock, Pacific. Wes gets after me and really goes after me personally. Uh, it, just, it feels just personal. for just for believing that Tony Romo could go to the Bills because he doesn't have that many options.
3: In, in Wes's defense, at one point you also go, "What do you know?" <laughs> well, I you think, could watch all that on NFL Network on Friday.
5: <laughs> I. Greg is one of my most trusted voices in the wilderness, but we have reached a point in our relationship where we just are never going to agree on quarterbacks. What's that, Chip? It's just what like did? I have no more faith in your quarterback. Ooh. Wow. Anyway. That's Wait, Wait
2: a minute.
5: What I can't deal with the Nick Foles and Mike Lennon. No, I don't like Nick and, and the Tony
4: Romo is willing to go to Buffalo oh, stuff. Or. I'm not.
2: I can't I, do this, it. What will happen I think we, at,
4: I what can agree on if- this. Has nothing to do with evaluation. You're trying to. We're trying to get inside of Tony Romo's head. Can we at least agree that we have no idea what really no. matters to Romo? And we no, have no. I'm not going to agree with that. We have some information. It's it's mark. totally uncertain. We have some information that indicates you know maybe some of the teams. Wouldn't be out there, and there's some logic that they just would be desperate. You're that, asking me opinion. to
5: bypass common sense and mm. say that Tony Romo, with only a year or two left in his career, is going to want to go try to topple Tom Brady with a much worse roster. Make some money.
2: No, I don't believe that. If he goes to Buffalo West, what will you give Greg? What will you oh. do for Greg? Or even if he shows it. he eats some softball
5: pants. I've already done that. I'll yeah. think of.
2: Um, will you eat Greg's pants? No, that's I don't sure. know where
5: Greg's pants have been
3: <laughs> on his butt i buy him lunch cards. for a week straight, though.
2: Oh, I like that. Week, a week of lunches. Is Wait, up. is this like the other sure. food bets where actually no one actually does <laughs> anything with it? Or are you? I re- mean, the odds on him that. actually going to Buffalo,
4: even for an optim like I'm saying it's possible, would be pretty low, like a one in four chance or something. It's not like it would be particularly like One in four? Yeah. So no what I'm saying <laughs> it's for like
5: an optimist. like one in 999. I'm saying it's the very
3: highest level. All right. In summation. Wow. Comments made. Greg to Wes, what do you know? West to Greg, I have no more faith wow. in your quarterback evaluation. Wow, that's wow. It got personal. It did, Mark. Quickly, and, and it's, I it's uncomfortable.
2: It. I feel bad. You know, it's not just Sydney back there. There are multiple technicians working on the show, and it's. I feel bad for them.
3: <laughs> All right, <laughs> check it out: <laughs> NFL.com/sessler. And usually, you say that the the columns and things that you write are assigned to you, Mark. But this one came from your head, and you said, "I want to get this one out to the people." Correct?
2: That's mostly true. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Almost all your articles are you your ideas,
2: right? That's not all true. Well, the ones Those Most of my about, articles, I always, mean, a lot of times I'm just a well, I mean, like know, Hey, the this long happened. Long this long guy form. got cut. Ones hey, you're you the schmo the sitting podcast. in your chair. You write it. Whenever
3: I set Mark, uh, typically when I set Mark up on a, a, a story he wrote on this podcast, his first thing he says, well, this was something that was assigned to me. Mm. Um, well, let
2: me say, whenever they say uh, Vanity URL, hashtag our last name, it tells you what they think of it, because all that is is a list of every story we wrote. So if someone goes there three days from now, and if I've written anything <laughs> since, good luck finding it. It's a long list of stories. It's not going to take <laughs> you straight to it. So it tells you what the editorial desk thinks of this work.
5: I think it might
2: be a little easier to
5: find articles on your author page than you believe. Do, well, do our listeners know about the F8 function?
3: <laughs> I don't know. Are we digging on the <laughs> Save it for the F8 function podcast. Yeah, that's yeah, going nice. to be a good one. Uh, all right. There you go. Make sure you check it out. And now let's move on to the mailbag.
2: Mail slightly
3: cacophonous. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> I, enjoyed night- I enjoyed I've that. I'm going to be having nightmares. I hope about we can that. get
2: that again before the show ends.
3: Um, all right. So this, of course, all these questions come from actual listeners of the Around the NFL podcast. And where do we want? To start, here's a good one. Uh, this from this one from uh, oof, Alejo Enriquez, Enriquez at P R I O N S who asks, "What team besides the Miami Dolphins will make the biggest free agency splash?" It's a good question because everyone's Dolphins are where everyone's going. Oh, look out for the Dolphins! The Dolphins don't even have we that much that. room yet. Uh, we've been saying the same thing, but what about another team? And I'll throw it to you, Chris
0: Wessling.
4: Let me look at some salary cap numbers here, Dan.
3: Okay. Do you
0: everyone? Should we got, come back to you?
4: I feel like there are 10 to 15 teams who have more than they could possibly spend. Almost the entire league, like 20. The 49ers.
5: Teams. Yeah. Make a
3: big. The yep.
5: 49ers make a big splash. They have about $80 million in cap space, second only to the Browns, and they need. Warm bodies at multiple starting positions on that team.
2: I think it's easier to get players to go to San Francisco right now with the, you know, Kyle Shanahan is an attraction versus. Pierre Garcon
5: is an obvious one. Yep. Who, when he played. Kyle Shanahan's offense is based on the X receiver, a dominant X receiver. And I don't know if Pierre Garcon's that guy right now, but he was one of the most efficient receivers in the NFL down a stretch last year. He played. He led the NFL in catches as Kyle Shanahan's X receiver with the Redskins. He's also had Julio Jones and Andre Johnson at that spot. So I would
2: say maybe they start with him. I think the Jaguars, even though they've tried this over and over, I I think it's their mode. I think they like to be active in free agency. They have the same GM. And they've got, to some degree, a new regime. I think they're going to want to get some new blood in there, and they've got money to spend. Valley,
4: throw in there. Buccaneers, there might be a... A Buccaneers,
5: for
2: a sure.
4: sleep,
5: a sleepy one. They they've got sixty million under the cap, and you know they're going to go hard after Deshaun Jackson.
4: People, th- yeah, people think they'd go for Alshon, and I don't think that's possible because then he's too much like Mike Evans too. A, and you would have to be deciding almost not to pay Mike Evans because then a year from now you would literally have the two highest paid receivers in the league
3: on one team, which so is an excellent
5: uh, point grade. It makes up for your Mike Lennon love. Oh, <laughs> sad. Yeah, we're
2: back in this territory.
3: Well, you just trumped it with a sad. Wow, sad. To- <laughs> sad. Anyway, next up, Heinz Bowman uh, at Heinz Christian uh, writes, and I'm going to tweak this just a little bit to make it a little more uh, thought provoking. Uh, no offense, Heinz.
2: No, none taken. I'm sure. He wow. asks.
3: He asks. Would you rather have Jimmy G? No, the 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 guts of the question are excellent. Okay. But
2: you know, all
3: right, Heinz, here. here we go. Here we go. Would you rather have Jimmy G for 10 years or Tommy B, Tom Brady? Tom Brady that we saw this past season for three.
5: Tom Brady, no question. Who is
2: you I want to win Super Bowls. Championship banners fly forever. Who is you? Like who it what? What team? What entity? The Patriots? Yeah. If I play if I'm GM
5: of any of the thirty two teams, my answer is Tom Brady. Okay. I'm gonna win a Super Bowl. Well with let Tom me Brady's. knock
3: it down to uh Heinz's question. Would you rather have Jimmy G for ten years? You edited his question. Th- well Poor thanks Hines. for joining us on the show, Greg. Or Tommy B for one. I'm still taking Tom Brady. Uh, I, I want
2: to win a Super Bowl. I would take Jimmy G for 10 yeah, of versus Tom Brady. If I'm a bad football team and I get Tom Brady for one, that's truly swinging for the fences. I appreciate that. But you'd have Jimmy G for 10. But in this weird
4: scenario, if you're a Patriots fan, I'm taking Tom Brady for one.
2: Well, that I get because you would never why, want why disrupt Tom Brady, anything that's right, happening.
4: You would never with him want him to. be. I know Tom Brady's an MVP
5: candidate. I hope Jimmy Garoppolo can be a top twenty quarterback, but there's a chance he's not even a top
2: thirty quarterback. But, but if you're a if you're if you're a bottom barrel team and you're saying you have Tom Brady for right. one season versus a a quarterback that's been very widely praised by people that work them for ten, I will go with ten.
3: Greg, you've started to get into soccer.
4: Sort of, yes. I, am a, I have yeah. chosen a team. I'm a West Ham fan. Yes, big big news. Hammer Breaking news Nat, out of uh, Nat Coombs from old. Around
3: the NFL podcast headquarters.
4: Yeah, not, Nat Coombs from Talk Sport 2. I do a show with him. He presented me with a West Ham jersey. I was there for that. that at the Super Bowl, nice. you were there, and I decided Hammers forever after so that. So your fandom can be bought. Yeah, I've well, always kind of wanted one team to, to root for.
3: Uh, So Oliver Gray at Ollie underscore nine uh, asked this question, and I will throw it to you, Greg, because you did hang pretty well in a soccer-related conversation with uh, Gold Center at lunchtime. (laughs) Uh, Is it Leicester City? Leicester. Leicester City uh, sacked. That is a uh, terminology overseas for fired. Uh, Their coach, uh, Claudio (laughs) Ranieri. Should they have stuck with Claudio Ranieri? Or were they right to sack him and and those that aren't fans of the Premier League? This was the Premier League. Uh, Leicester City uh, was a huge underdog champion, I believe, in the 2015 season, and now they last year 2016. Clo- okay, they're close uh, to relegation this season, so they sacked old Claudio. Your thoughts,
4: Greg? Well, I'm no expert, that's for sure, but it seems outrageous. It'd be like if the Browns won the Super Bowl and fired Hugh Jackson in the middle, literally the middle of the next
2: season. That's insane. I'm with you. I don't... What do I, I know? We're but talking to Gold Standard about it and what he explained and what Greg uh, also weighed in on. <laughs> like, Well, no, Greg's a big fan, but, like, uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. it seems ridiculous. Like, he sounds like he gave that fandom an incredible, shocking gift out of nowhere, and this is what you turn around he and do? had to.
3: Do? Yeah, we didn't watch many matches this year, last year uh, for LC, but I'm sure he played a, a big role in them winning the title. So yes, way a premature sacking, Wes. I agree. Here's a question for Mark: Is the most natural person to ask this question from James Somerville at Mosh Cheese? If any, uh, if any of you were a Jedi, what color would your lightsaber be? Big Star Wars friend, Mark Sessler. Mm. What color and why? Blue. And why? I like blue. (laughs) It's a good answer. (laughs) Next question. Eric Jensen at Eric 18 Utah. A mailman story, please. All right, Chris Wessling. Now that means we'll throw it to you. A former U.S. postal worker. Give us a good old mailman story.
5: I start my first day at the Covington, Kentucky post office. Uh, I believe I'm either 20 or 21 years old, and I am – Paired with a six foot three, 270 pound man named Ben Calloway, who informs me immediately he used to play with the San Diego Chargers or was at least in their training camp one year, I believe in the early 80s. Mm. And he's taking me through the housing projects of Jacob Price. And we go and we have lunch. And it's a very nice lunch at like the VFW with some nice old men, a white bread and bologna sandwich. The real action comes about two o'clock that afternoon. We're going through the mail route. And we see a woman get hit in the face with a brick. Oh, no. Like a middle-aged woman is hit in the face with a brick. By who? Oh, By a man. It. A drug deal go wrong. And we see this younger white guy take off running. And Ben, the guy who's training me, says, oh, yeah, that's his mom who just got hit in the head with a brick. That's a drug deal gone wrong. That was my first day on the job <laughs> at, the, at the post God. office. Welcome to the route. Yes.
4: So how did the citizen's and
1: arrest that go? that was story time. What, you think I was going to go run after him?
4: Just thought that's what mailmen do. Something you beautiful put on just the uniform. happened there, by the way. Let's hear that again.
1: And that was story time with the mailman. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Nicely done. That was better than my story. Uh, next up, Tom, that sounds like a terrible harrowing tale, Wes. Um, uh, I almost think there's probably... Maybe you can go into therapy and talk about it and get some things out. Uh, There are much worse experiences at the post office that I need therapy from. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on, Tom Dow, at Tom underscore Tom 84. This is an interesting one. What would be your death row dinner? Love it. Greg? Mm. You and I have similar sensibilities when it comes to uh, the menu. Uh, What would be your death row dinner? I know. Dan and I, whenever
4: we're ordering, we always get the same thing. Yeah, it's kind of cute, and and I I might go to what we had today at lunch. Oh. At least in that vein, I I think I might have to go fried chicken for my last my last meal. Fried chicken and a like a biscuit. Hmm. Solid potatoes. I, I mean, I would think about like a a nice steak for sure, but I don't know. Right now, I'm thinking I'm feeling some fried chicken.
3: I'm thinking like a little like. Um, I'm going to get a little sentimental because I'm going to be fried in an electric chair hours later. I'm Mm. guessing that's how this works. Uh, I'm going to have my mama's spaghetti and meatballs. Nobody made spaghetti and meatballs like my mama. Give me that. A little home-cooked meal.
2: Yeah, it makes sense. You obviously would have made her proud if you are in this (laughs) this place.
3: (laughs) Yeah, assuming she would even agree to do it. If I was on death row, perhaps she would have cut off ties with me. But if I still have a sound relationship with my mom, uh, her spaghetti and meatballs. Wes?
5: My friend Alex Montuano from Cincinnati, his mom was a fresh-off-the-boat Italian who made the most delectable morsel of food I've ever put in my mouth. Her homemade lasagna, which she made the noodles from scratch. She made everything from scratch. You put a fork on top of lasagna. The fork just sinks <laughs> all the way to the plate. It was that soft and light. I want that lasagna.
3: There you go. And Mark Sessler, which I'm fascinated by because you don't you're not a huge food fan, and the, society's telling you mm. the last great thing you get is food. Mark will just be like, nah, I'm okay.
2: Well, I would be like, yeah, I'm okay, because I don't <laughs> I don't get the whole thing that if you're about to be destroyed that I need to eat a huge meal. I would already probably have gone on, because I would obviously be innocent and falsely accused. I would be <laughs> so on a long like juice or water fast to begin with. I would refuse to eat. I would not eat anything <laughs> in total protest of the judge, the the entire judicial system. Wow. And it botched this case. They botched it.
3: So you, uh, let's say you did it. Let's say you snapped and and you did it. Then what?
4: Which I
5: it, still it don't happen. think food right. is what I would I want. say if
2: we're no, I'm not. I would not eat food. If we're I would setting go, odds, I would, the most likely to I, be on
4: death row of our
2: that, group. I mean, I would have to go. The mark. That is ridiculous, <laughs> Greg. By the way, that is ridiculous, Greg. Secondly, let me tell you something. If I had done whatever they thought I had done, I would definitely be pretending that I hadn't done it and still protesting. <laughs> okay. So you have. I mean, you know come on. There we go. <laughs> I'm not going to suddenly change my tune. I will refuse to believe I did it.
3: Okay. There you go. Uh, Which current, this is from Bronco Fanatic, (laughs) at Bronco underscore Fanatic, which current or former NFL player would you most want to switch lives with? For me, this is easy. As long as you get to time travel, I would like to be Joe Namath, early 1970s, Upper East Side of Manhattan, living the life. That would be my choice.
5: I don't know. The first name that came to mind is Bobby Lane in the 1950s. He treated the football season like I treat softball season. Just an excuse to get
3: together with your buddies and drink beer. Okay. Mm. Can it be a coach? Which current or former NFL player? But if you ro- if you, if you uh, want, to. most I I never
4: like these things. It's
2: like who would want to switch a life with someone? Just just go. Along. Yeah, I would much rather be a coach. I I don't know what I would pick a. How about be Belichick and see how that is? Oh, be fantastic! I'm, a be, miserable old man! Congratulations! I don't think he's miserable. I think he's. I, I mean, think of it. About, he's on a boat okay. right now. He's just one. He you now have a boat Bowl. named
5: Seven Rings. There you go.
4: Sounds great. I'll be Malcolm Butler right before he makes that interception. Can I yeah, point sure. that? Oh, now the Patriots
5: okay. lose. Greg, Greg just said to guy. dropped it. <laughs> Ricardo uh, Lecate just
2: ran over the defensive yeah. back. Uh, the, uh, What's that uh, guy it, doing out there? <laughs> Get an ambulance. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, this from Lily Jaquith. Jaquith? Lily! Jackwith. At Lily Jaquith. Uh, if all of your wives slash paramours had a podcast together, what would they talk about?
2: Well, I don't think we'd need that to happen. That would well, not go well this for This is us.
3: basically a pitch that
4: John Gonzalez, uh, Colleen Wolf, hashtag or slash Connie Fox's uh, okay. husband, <laughs> has proposed to do a, a essentially a Wives of the Around the NFL podcast reality show where he's he's sort of the centerpiece here, but it's kind of like how we're never around during the season, and they're just drinking champagne and getting into different dramas.
3: Okay, I'm- My <laughs> wife would want to know who's raising our infant son a two-year-old <laughs> during these parties.
2: I think it would be – I would love to hear it. Uh, I wonder what roles they'd play. I don't particularly think that Simone, my wife, would want to be on a podcast, but maybe she would – Maybe she would warm up to it if it's you know Emily and and uh, Emiko and the rest of the group.
3: Emily definitely wouldn't be there. Wouldn't be a lot of football being di- discussed.
2: I don't think that would be the expectation. No,
4: yeah, it'd be yeah, it'd be different. Uh, Emiko definitely would not want to. Anthony tried to get her to come on to uh, the Rosenthal and Jellicle Vanity Project,
3: RJP, uh, but no one even remembers that. Anymore. But uh, <laughs> he did. People, people, <laughs> An came up, people came up People
4: came out but the Super Bowl looking for it, and I had to tell him no. The uh, shadowy league figures at the NFL. Short-sightedly shot <laughs> shot it down in yet another one of their lack of foresight decisions. I think the <laughs> Paramore would love to be on. A I podcast. think she would too.
3: I, I think
2: she'd be good on it too.
3: I think she would. I think she'd be great on it.
2: Why do you think she'd only be good? <laughs> All right.
1: Question: Does John get to be on this podcast? Oh, he. Oh, but oh, yeah, me.
2: he's 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 a, got. He's I think host. he's got a larger design on the whole thing where it would suddenly you know become much bigger than anything we're involved. There is something funny about that. That it's him and. They would love him too what about the idea nice of the man. wives
3: agree to having John on the podcast. Why not? Why does he get the wouldn't they potentially well, say the, we don't in, need you here?
2: In a sense, though, he would be the the match to Connie Fox, so it makes yeah. sense.
3: Oh, oh. that's oh. the whole oh. point oh. how this works. Come
2: on. Well, then you're
3: opening it up to the whole universe then. What do you mean? Because then you got Lindsay Rhodes' husband. Sure, he could come on. But I mean Patrick it's- Claibon's wife. Sure.
2: It's That's like they would all appear as, as they naturally appear, which is in some cases Kirk periodically, cousins. in some cases regularly.
3: Kevin Patra's uh, fiancé.
2: We had Troy Aikman on here. It's not Troy. Uh, Tony Romo on here. It could be his <laughs> wife.
3: You, now, okay, that makes sense. So, very interesting. Okay.
2: <laughs> Dan, and Dan, you'd have to hate on this show because the ratings would be, would be good and you'd have to start. It would get very ugly.
3: Uh, I would support it if my wife was involved. Okay. At Korbach. She could cast it. When will Greg pick his NFC South team of the season? Mm. That's an interesting question. <laughs> hey, by the way, I said the NFC South is going to be the most exciting division. It got pretty exciting.
4: You're right. got pretty exciting. Well, every year I'm a year off because I had the Falcons winning two years ago. I think this year I had the, the Saints. So I don't know. Who am I going to blow? Maybe I'll go with the Bucks. Bucs. Is- Your heart's in New Orleans. Yeah. I don't know. Get out of the seven and nine.
3: Yeah, I mean, at some point they need to improve. Uh, finally, from Mark Ferraresi at MJ Ferraresi, uh, favorite movies, TV shows, books, seen, read from 2016, and we could move into early months of 2017. Anybody? Favorite movie, book? TV, music, books, anything that's uh, jumped out at you recently or in the last year? Oh, Planet Earth 2. Oh, is that, I'm looking forward to that.
5: I ordered it on demand. It's worth every penny. You know, I love nature. You do Wes. Love nature shows. David Attenborough is a he's a real hero in Britain, deservedly, the narrator. Hmm. It's and it's beautifully shot in that new what is it, H4 technology or 4K technology? Hmm.
4: Well, what are you 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 got to have a movie that you that you want to stump for?
3: Uh, I loved Manchester by the Sea. Yeah. Uh, I that know, would that. probably be my favorite movie that I've seen the last year or so. Uh, I loved, uh, it's a little older, but I loved both bo- all all things OJ-related from last year, mm. uh, both the documentary by, from ESPN and uh, the
2: FX show. Love that. thought the FX show was actually much better than the documentary. Really? really? Well, only because I followed that. I'm old enough to have followed that day-to-day, and the documentary was very well done, but the FX show gave me stuff that I didn't. Perceive or detect.
5: I tried to watch the FX show, and I just couldn't get over the actors who were chosen to play the characters. Yeah, just didn't do it for me. It was fascinating. Uh, other than Travolta.
3: I thought the acting like Cuba, were ju- acting good. Was
5: good. Cuba Gooding Jr. looks nothing like O.J. Simpson.
3: Hmm. That was that was a little problematic. Uh, but it's funny if you if you if you despise O.J. Simpson, which you have every right to, uh, don't not watch that because of O.J. Simpson because. Cuba Gooding Jr. does not have a huge role in the show compared to mm. to the lawyers That's involved true. and and all the other uh, players tied into that uh, real life soap opera.
4: I'd have to throw in uh, the Elena Ferrante. To me, is one of the greatest writers that I've read in in my lifetime. Hold and on, I, write this down. I, How do you spell? I, this? I banged through her Neapolitan novels. Read a couple of the others. That was one of the. Those are some of the best books I read in 2016. And I just read the new Michael Lewis, who I think everyone in this room would like it it sort of applies to what we do and it's kind of like a weird prequel almost to moneyball in a weird way mm. v- very good
2: i will throw this in i am watching the young pope on hbo
3: oh you're way in
2: it is i feel like every once in a while you wish you could you find a show or a movie you wish you were attached to in some level in the production and understood how they made it i think it is one of the best shows wow. I've ever seen i don't think it's for everyone either but it is absolutely it is the acting's incredible. The cinematography in it is unbelievable. and it it can, every single episode has two or three s- super jarring, bizarre moments that I love. <laughs> and it, I cannot stop watching it. They,
3: it, it lost me when I watched first episode, but I, I based on what you're saying, I want to give it another shot um, because it was it was really weird. And a little bit kind of my wife instantly was kind of out, and then I try to stick with it. Uh, but it's definitely different. So I wanna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back in, on Mark's recommendation. Uh, music, I liked the Radiohead album a lot last year. Sturgill Simpson for me. Sturgill Simpson, I I think it might have come out in 2015, but I really liked Tame Impala's last album. Yeah,
2: that was very good. Been playing a lot of "It's Raining Men" in the jukebox <laughs> at dive bars, and I think that song's coming. What does back. that
3: mean, though? What, let's dig behind that a little bit. Why do you like?
2: I think that? it's just that it's it's why did that song get buried when they talk about the classics and no one mentions it? Why
3: <laughs> <laughs> this thing's rain, it's raining men.
2: Two
4: ladies, <laughs> Angel Olsen, it's great. The chance the the chance Christmas go. album was way better than you could have ever imagined. The Weather Girls sing "It's Raining Men." That's appropriate. The new run the jewels.
5: Wait, Paul Schaefer wrote it?
3: <laughs> there you go. See, it's just a lot of, lot of layers. Paul Schaefer did write It's Raining Men. Um, all right, wow. there you go. Let's let's close up the mailbag.
2: Mail
0: time.
2: Mail time. Mail time. This is
3: very strange. It's worse than the pickle drop. Um, we will be back on, let's see, we'll be back on Monday. Combine week next week, uh, so we will have a show Monday. And then we will do a show uh, that combines the powers uh, remotely from Indianapolis with uh, uh, Wes and Gray and Mark from the studio here in Culver. Uh, So get ready for that. So, two more shows next week. And then after that, I think we'll be going to three shows a week leading up to and through free agency. So, keep your eye out uh, for more around the NFL content, podcast content all spring. Thank you for everyone. Uh, for listening, too. We continue to get great uh, great kind of download numbers, which tells us that the audience is staying with us uh, through the offseason, which we certainly appreciate. You guys are awesome. Uh, and that's it. This is Dan Hansa signing off for The Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss, and new money behind the glass. Till Monday. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am June. <laughs> You're
4: June. You're not even. Uh, it's, it's for February. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's try that again. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower,